Welcome to another episode of Film Stuff. This episode is sponsored by Wet Weather of Korea. The rainy season has come, and it is miserable and wet and hot and gross. Why are we here? <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> so existential today. Yeah. <laughs> today we are here to talk about one of the great Korean directors of the modern age. His name is Bong Joon-ho. Ho, ho, ho. And his newest film, which one? The Khan... The lion, the gold lion. Palm d'or. Palm d'or. <laughs> Grand, basically the grand prize of the Cannes Film Festival this year. First time it's a Korean director has ever won it. Mm-hmm. And also a really, really big deal for a couple reasons. So today we're going to talk about him as a director, why we like him. We're going to talk about his new movie that won all the awards and made all this this big kerfuffle. Buzz. Buzz. We're going to talk about that. And I don't know. Was it actually good or not? Yeah, right? basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, I have a question. Yeah. Since I didn't know it was a gold lion or a pompadour. <laughs> a pompadour. Whatever. Pompadour. I mean, my French is terrible. I don't speak French. I've Pom- literally oh. never learned French. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like de golden palm leaf. <laughs> um, explain what Khan is if anyone here doesn't know. Mm. So there are a lot of film festivals in this world, and some are more important than others, unfortunately. The three big and most important film festivals are all in Europe. They are... Berlin's Berlinale, Venice Film Festival, and Cannes in the south of France. Mm -hmm. Those are the three most important film festivals, and they're all in Europe. You used to be able to divide the film world into independent film and industry film. Hollywood was an industry film. There was a studio that commissioned a film. It got made. It got distributed. It made money. It was kind of a short thing from the get-go. They had no need to go to film festivals. And then you had independent filmmakers who made a film, and then after they made it, tried to get it distributed. But independent and industry, the line has gotten a lot more blurred than it used to be. So the idea is basically that like your film gets shown to people and if the judges really like it and it wins an award, it adds prestige to your film and it tends to get better distribution or your next film gets funded or you kind of make a name for yourself as a director, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like fashion show. Fashion show is not just a fashion show. Right. Fashion show is like three parts as well. It's basically some talent show, like new talents, and there's like established brands, but also they're buyers. They're trying to buy things as well. That is a great There's a analogy. trade show as well. There's like three parts always. Because it's the same in film. Directors and actors and filmmakers, traditionally directors, but other types of filmmakers, go to film festivals to network so that they can be discovered and they can break into the industry. Basically. Then distributors and people that are in the industry see the movies. Yeah, they go to buy films. Mm -hmm. What will make in their own market? What will succeed? And to find new talent. Hmm. That's like an important piece of the puzzle too. Exactly. Here's kind of a thing I'm not sure about. Why does any modern-day filmmaker... Ever go so, to a con festival? Right. Try and break into a film festival these days. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it... So if you're like us, and you're trying to break into the industry... You're we just can't. Like, yeah, you how do you do that? You cannot compete with uh, Bong Joon-ho. No, you can't compete with Bong Joon-ho, who has Good more time. resources, more prestige, more pull to his name, you know? More mm. influence. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you supposed to compete with him, with that? Bong Joon-ho is an industry filmmaker. He's worked with Hollywood A-list stars. He's made things that have had theatrical re- releases. Him showing a film at Cannes feels very not indie, somehow. He's not exactly an independent filmmaker anymore. And Parasite, the film that he won with, is a major budget mainstream film. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So why? why a modern-day filmmaker would still be interested in film festivals? Mm-hmm. That's a question I don't know the answer to. 
Let's go move on to actually the movie itself. Mm. Okay, if somebody wants to see it, there might be actually uh, spoilers here. Is this okay? Sure, this is your spoiler alert. This is a spoiler alert. We do recommend you see this movie. Mm-hmm. The English language name of the film is Parasite. In Korean, it's Ki Seng Chung, and it's about a family of grifters. What did you think about it? I liked it. Hmm. Did you like it? Yes. Well, okay. One word answer. Yes. Yes. We liked it. End of podcast. <laughs> More complicated answer. <laughs> yes, but yes, but no movie is perfect. I of felt course. like I felt like there was more stories and details, and then it was just chopped off in the ending. The ending was extremely abrupt. Yes, I think my personal opinion is there's probably another thirty minutes of movie in there that got cut because, because they were like running for time. time running time. Yeah. I bet that's what happened, and the director's cut is going to answer all of our questions. Exactly. That's how it felt to me. It yeah. felt like just like. Something was missing. Right, and the pace was solid the whole movie. And then suddenly just made this big jump at the end. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best part was the balance between each character. Each character was really good. Like, all of them was not about just, like, acting moments, but each character had its own moments, and it was very well balanced, even though there was clear antagonist. Like, it was like the Ocean's 12, where mm. each character has its moment, it's all well-balanced. I don't feel like I missed out on any character. Mm. This also f- feels that way a lot with the four f- family members. The dad, the mom, the sister, and the brother. They just, like, felt like a unit, but also a separate, like, um, characters. And then it, it just, like, overall, that part was very well-balanced for me. Like, what's the thing that screams Bong Joon-ho to you? I think Bong Joon-ho especially does, like, mm. comic. Dark comedy. Dark comedy really well. And I think it was a really good representation of, like, a Bong Joon-ho film. Mm. You know? Um, that's what makes dark comedy dark comedy. But, mm. like, the contrast between heavy situation and it actually uses it as a comic. Sure. Because those moments of levity are really, really important. Yeah. In a dark comedy. It allows you to go darker. Exactly. And it's the balance is very, very important, I think. What they're doing is awful. But if you weren't distracted by the comedy of the sequence, you would hate the main characters. You would just be like, you guys are terrible people. But because what they're doing is like a little bit clever and also a little bit funny, it allows you to like still get past that. Mm Mm-hmm. Which then allows you to, so you can, it's like a distraction. It's a magician's trick. It's like, look over here while I'm setting up this thing that helps me get to a plot point later. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's like, we need to find a way to have the mom in the house so that we can have an entire 45 minutes about how they're going to not be found out. But we can't have that if the mom's not in the house. And we have to get the mom in the house, but you still have to like the protagonist and want them not to get caught. Otherwise, there's no suspense in the scene. You're like almost rooting for them to win. Even right. though they're awful people. Even though they're awful people. That, that's the magic trick. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be looking for. That's what you should be looking for. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes him a good director. I yes. Think. He's very difficult to classify into a genre. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at what he did with the host, with Quimur. It's a monster movie. The monster movie that's not a monster movie. You know, there's kind of like rules and conventions of a monster movie genre. A horror film like that, you don't see the monster. But in The Host, you see the monster at the very beginning of the film. 
Boom, here's the monster, here's what it looks like, here's what it does, which is really, really unusual. And so even though it's a monster movie, it's shot like a comedy, <laughs> it makes it very strange. It's horror, but it doesn't feel like a traditional horror genre. There's not a lot of suspense in the host, and there's also not a lot of like jump scares or like gross out horror. That's not that type of horror. It's driven by something else. So I think the same thing is definitely true. I felt the same thing watching Parasite, for sure. It was like, it's a horror movie? But there was a distinct moment when the wife takes over somebody else's job and she comes back. And up until that point, I'm, it's very textbook. I'm like, the woman that she got fired is obviously gonna be the undoing of the family who's gonna uncover it and then it's gonna be the suspense about how do we not get caught. And she comes in in the rain and it's shot in traditional horror angles and you're sort of like, oh, I know where this is going. And then it took a turn. And I did not expect it. And I think that's what he does with his movies is he just takes all these conventions and does really interesting things with them. <laughs> same with The Host, same with Memories of Murder, same with Okta, it takes a turn. And maybe you're not expecting it. Hmm. One thing I think it's this. I think Korean film has gotten very good. Very good. Mm. He had some awards. Now it's being recognized by like Khan. Yeah, other. it makes some reliable money. Yes. However, I think it's pride as well. I read this article about who funded this film. So this is a person who's in a major corporate entertainment business. And she believed that Korean film not only should be industrial, but also artistic. And that's why she's funding and supporting and sponsoring a lot of good talents in Korea to make it international. It's more like a recognition of we could do art, you know. It is very interesting how a lot of times Korean things are made recognized outside of Korea. It's really powered by money. Definitely. <laughs> Big companies are like really sponsoring. I've never heard about like small like I, I broke it. I found my own niche market outside of Korea. It never happens. So I'm very not, rare. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Another thing that's really interesting is the contracts and what winning a major prize means for in the, the future filmmaking. Yeah. Okay, I read an article about the contracts of the workers of the staffs of this movie. So it was basically by the books. They're like, we didn't go over like hours. We had literally had a contract. It was like a movie, a success story of we don't have to overwork. Let me give you some context here. Korea doesn't have guilds mm. or unions for the film industry in the same way that America does. And additionally, there's this contract for working on film sets that's basically, it's called like the standard labor contract, and it's like you as a person who wants to work on a film set have absolutely no negotiating power. This is the standard contract that everybody signs. And if you want to be part of this film, you sign the standard contract. Mm -hmm. There's no negotiation about terms. Not even the working hours, working days, and like those yep. kind of things. There's no really basic labor like rights. Right. Because they're so competitive. A lot of people want to be in the film industry. They will be underpaid, like overworked. And then also on top of it, culturally speaking, Korean companies 
don't follow the letter of contracts. Yes. I don't know how to say this nicely. The spirit of the contract is more important than the specifics of the contract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you work internationally, like like in Hollywood, there's a what's called the 30 mile zone. And if you're outside of the 30 mile zone, then they must pay for hotel rooms. You can only work nine hours or like there's all these kinds of controls about how much off time you have to have. It's like much more difficult to navigate. But in Korea, there's none of that. Or there, even if there is that, companies sort of routinely pressure people that are on set to just sort of disregard it to get the project done. Yeah, because if you don't do it, like they're going to go on to other people. It's, it's like me not doing it, me negotiating, makes me just a difficult person, not a... Not right, because it's standardized. Yeah. And Everybody's nobody, doing it. Yeah, it's like, it's very not... What should I say? It's not, not followed. Mm. It's not followed. You have, there's pressure to say yes. Yes. And it's always been like that. And it has. A, this movie actually has better, like, actual contract that people don't have to, I mean, they're standard, yeah. standard hours they have to work. So, so. Bong Joon-ho was, he's been a Korean filmmaker for a long time. He made... He's Korean as well. Yeah, he's Korean. Like, what do you mean? He's a Korean. <laughs> no, but I mean, he's not new. Filmmaker. Well, no, no. What I mean, I, the, the emphasis he's been, is... Uh, no, he's been in, in the industry in Korea for a long yes, time. Yes, the emphasis here is not he's a breakout new director that won con. The emphasis is he's been around for a long time. Yeah. He made The Host, which was really good. That's one of the very good movies. He as made well. my one of not it's in my top ten, Memories of Murder, which I think is an excellent movie. And then he went to Hollywood and he did Solgukyolta, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. And he did Okta. Mm -hmm. And he came back from Hollywood and this was his Korean comeback. And this was an all Korean film, all Korean language film, done in Korean style. However, because he was used to working in Hollywood, he kind of went Hollywood style with the contracts. Mm, and he's that the way? That's it. He stuck to the 52 hour work week as mandated in the contract. Because he said in many interviews, like, that's how they do it over there. I'm used to doing it. Not a problem. My last two films have been with stricter contract laws. So, like, let's just do it right. It doesn't, like, you overworking it, it's not going to make me a better film. That's the big thing. So the fact that this one is a symbol, because the biggest criticism of changing the contracts is companies saying, you're sacrificing quality. We can't make as good a film. And the fact that he's made this amazing film that has been commercially and critically successful, and he did it following the letter of the contract is sort of a wake-up call to a lot of companies in Korea. Yes, that was the most most surprising part that I've heard from this film. So, yeah. That's why it's that, an important film. A very important film in Korea mm. as well. Anyway, I think the next one we already have what's coming next for mm. our podcast. Mm. We love action movies. Mm. And recently we've seen John Wick 3. Mm. John Wick, why is John Wick arguably the best action movie ever? Ooh, that's a bold statement. That's a bold statement. Why is it arguably? I'm not committing, but I'm arguably. saying you could make a very convincing argument that there's a reason why it's the best action movie ever. I think the only thing that maybe we could argue against is Jason Bourne, the original. Yeah. So we're going to talk about John Wick versus Jason Bourne style. Action movies. Action movies. What makes an action movie good? What makes an action movie bad? All right. Till then. Thanks for listening. This has been fun. Go support Korean cinema. Watch any of Bong Joon-ho's films. Literally any of them. Any of them will be great.